Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast exploring loving God and loving others, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm Tommy Morris. And I'm Sean Schomer. That's right. Sean Schomer has officially joined the podcast. That's right. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you co-hosting now. Yeah. yeah this is exciting. awesome. It's exciting. And uh, I look forward to many, many podcasts with you here going forward, man. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. So... On our first episode, we kind of talked and decided that we would start off with something a little lighthearted. Yeah, just kind of ease into it, you know. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to shock people or make them mad. Not right out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, we want them to like you. It's your first episode. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to anyway, but. So to keep it lighthearted, man, what is our lighthearted topic for episode one of us together? We're going to talk about anger. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's not so lighthearted. Yeah, no. It's not. No, no. no. Just diving in head first. Diving in. Yeah, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off. That's right. Well, I mean, it's, so it's appropriate because just to to kind of add to it, next week we are talking about politics. That's right. The religion of politics. Yeah. Never anger in there. Yeah, nobody gets angry. Nobody. When it comes to politics. No. I mean, we could talk about politics online right now and yeah, crickets. Exactly. Yeah. Really no, angry sure, crickets. Sure people would be really nice too. <laughs> sure, no blowback <laughs> whatsoever. No. So, so yeah. So please, as we as we prepare to talk about the religion of politics next week, please take to heart as we talk about anger today. <laughs> oh, we're all gonna need it. So, anger, man. I mean, is uh, something you've struggled with in your own life? Like, it's a personal experience here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I get I get angry all the time. All the time? Yeah. And uh, I don't show it, you know, because as a man, I'm supposed to just bottle it up, push it down, and just be cool, calm, and collected. But, yeah, I get angry, and I let it fester and boil up in my heart and let my thoughts spiral out of control and just, yeah, it gets bad. See, that's the crazy thing, right? Because, I mean, you say that you let it fester, and I think a lot of us who, who know you... Right. I mean, we've heard you talk about this before, right? But when we first meet you, you're so chill. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody would, if, if you were to like take a vote of like, what are some sins that Sean probably struggles with? Anger would probably be like way down people's list. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the thing. Don't let people know. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. No, I mean, so I've struggled with anger too, man. I mean, I get it. And probably the same thing. Like, I'm the type that, bottles it up i didn't used to be as a teenager i was very reactive you know like very very explosive reactive but not super bad right like no legal troubles i didn't i didn't get that bad but i mean i had a mouth but as i've gotten older i think i've been the same type like just stuff it stuff it stuff until the volcano kind of erupts one day yeah you know up on somebody that doesn't deserve it yeah over something that's not really what we're angry about it's like it's not really the root so kind of looking at that, man, like, so when we think about the roots of anger, man, like, what are some of the roots for you, man? Like, what kind of triggers that? Disrespect. Whenever I get disrespected or what I perceive to be disrespected. Like when I beat you in disc golf? Yeah, that really makes me angry. <laughs> I get angry every time I disc golf. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's it's not even, it's not even an, it's like somebody's not actually trying to just outright disrespect me or hurt my feelings but if i even perceive it that way i'll go down this rabbit hole in my mind and why did that person do that like 
don't they know? Don't they know my feelings? Like, what? Why would they do that? And like, just is it spot. like you assume their intentions, kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah, like they like assuming that they kind of have it out for you. Exactly. That yeah. it's a conspiracy, and like out, it's malicious to get me. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then seeing like even I'll get mad for other people seeing them get disrespected, and then uh, if they're not as angry as I think they should be. I will I will be angry in their place. <laughs> you'll match like if if they should be at an eight but they're only at a four, then you'll go to a four. Because yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm I'll don't worry, I'll help you out. Exactly. I'll get you there. Yeah, somebody's gotta be angry. <laughs> Somebody needs to bring some justice to this. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. So that means the next time Pat beats me in disc golf, you are going to be angry on my behalf. Yes. Thank you. Yep. That takes a lot of pressure off of I me. I got your back, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> So, man, for me, like, I think it stems from, like, control issues, you know, like, I want to control the outcomes of things in, in life, and, and you know, I, I know where a lot of that stems from, that's probably a whole other podcast topic, right, to discuss with control, but I think at times where I felt out of control or felt like I was losing control, I tend to, to get angry, you know, I feel like I'm losing grip and yeah. and stuff, and a lot of it just stems from fear, you know, and things like that, and, you know, so I think that's what God's been working on me Lately, about trusting him, right, and his sovereignty, and just turning things over to him. So, right on. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the roots that we see Scripture talk about as far as where anger comes from? Well, we got Colossians three five through ten. It says, "Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you: sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming." In these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So in that, it pretty well gives you a list of, you know, what we're to put to death that was earthly in us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Yeah, and then in, in verse 8, it goes on to go ahead and throw anger, wrath, malice, and slander in there, right? Yeah. You know, and so it does. It points to uh, the root of anger being worldliness, you know, earthly, fleshly uh, things within us, you know, those the sinful side of our flesh. Yeah. So, and even Galatians 5 talks about fits of anger being part of the fruit of the flesh. So we see that old nature just wanting to to rise up and and fight in anger and yeah you know and uh, have conflict yeah yeah I mean those are big words wrath malice you those know? sound way bigger than anger sound a lot bigger than anger yeah I mean, and and come on let's be honest how many times do we try to use words to like make our anger sound you know a little bit less than what it really is yeah, kind of lessen the sin in yeah. our heart what's what's what, what's one of your words. Uh, frustration, <laughs> frustration, yeah, right? you're frustrated, frustrated. Yeah. You irritated, know, ticked <laughs> off, irritated. Yeah. But yeah, a buddy of mine told me to replace those words with, you know, Hey man, I'm kind of frustrated. No, no, no. Hey man, you're kind of sinfully angry. That's <laughs> what you are. And that, yeah. that hurts that. Yeah. It hits, it hits home whenever uh, you think yeah, of it. It's like a that. little harder. Yeah. Yeah. Sinfully angry and frustrated. Definitely on different levels, man. Right. Because, like, if I say I'm frustrated or, like, I'm irritated, I don't know that I really feel the need to repent for being frustrated. No. But when you tell me I'm sinfully angry, (laughs) like, 
Okay. Puts it in a different perspective for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's an obvious need to repent. Yeah, it makes you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it really does, man. That's that's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. So what are, I mean, you kind of touched on this already, right? That uh, the covetousness, you know, I think this is a, another route that we see. James 4, 1 through 2 says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Another big word, right? War. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. So here it's talking about covetousness leading to fighting, quarreling, and even so much as to lead to murder. So in our family reading this week, we have been reading through Genesis, and we hit chapter 4 this past weekend where it's talking about Cain and Abel. And it talked about that where Cain's anger led him to murder Abel. You know, Mm. the, the anger festered and... And so we see that all the way back in the Old Testament, that progression. Here we see that that covetousness can lead to that. And it's, I had a counselor say once that it was like disappointment, right? Which disappointment may be another yeah, soft be word, right? Another key word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you uh, might say instead of disappointment, like sinful anger <laughs> from unmet expectations. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're covetous, you feel like I deserve this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm wanting something. Kind of like you said, like wanting to control the future, wanting to control the outcome and what what the end looks like. And then when that doesn't happen, you know, getting angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Angry at God, because, angry at others. Yeah. Because you, you covet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are some uh what are some dangers of anger, man? What are uh some dangers what are some dangers you've seen in your own life? Well, for me, it's a slippery slope when I get sinfully angry when yeah. i get frustrated <laughs> i uh stop focusing on what's right and true and honorable and just and pure i just focus on me and how i feel and how this person should not have talked to me or said that to me or done that to me or whatever and then i'm just i forget about christ i forget about the word i forget about loving my neighbor and i just turn my thoughts inward mm. selfishly towards myself yeah I think that's, you know, a lot of sin. I think we can look back at it being a, an internal focus. I think, uh, was it Andy, when he was preaching yesterday, said that you could kind of look at the root of, of almost all sin and see idolatry. And that really is when we're looking within ourselves, right? We're, you know, we're thinking about ourselves. We're self-focused and this, yeah. this, this humanistic idolatry of putting ourselves above God and above everybody else. And our feelings override everybody else's feelings and the truth of God's word, right? Yeah. Like they they become supreme and they're what matters most. And so uh, it is, it's this humanistic idolatry of self-worship and, and we do, we become inwardly focused. And Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a gateway. It's a gateway drug to many other sins that, like I said, it's just a slippery slope. Yeah. And it's for me, I think, you know, I've seen how it impacts relationships. I mean, it, being sin, you know, it disrupts fellowship with Christ, but then it also interferes in my relationships with others. You know, like if I were angry with you, you know, we we probably wouldn't be sitting here chill doing the podcast right now, right? Because yeah. we'd be like, I ain't talking I to you. Want to sit with that right? guy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then like with Helena, you know, if uh, if we're having disagreements, frustrations, irritations with one another, right? <laughs> if we're being sinfully angry with one another, it's going to impact our marriage and our relationship. So. You know, we see that that impact 
over and over. That's probably the main way, you know, for me. And then, you know, I think I, I tend to shut down. I, I tend to not really want to do much and kind of go within myself and uh, I'm less productive and, you know, just not really fun to be around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, so what do we see in scripture? I mean, there's, there's a lot of dangers in scripture. I think that we see as far as giving in to anger and allowing it to rule in our lives. Yeah, so Ephesians 4 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Yeah, that last part, right? No opportunity to the devil. Like you think about you know, giving the devil a foothold. Like that that first part, you know, we could, we'll talk about lang- later, but that last part, man, is really about giving the devil a foothold. Like you had said earlier, kind of like a gateway, gateway sin, right? That it leads to other stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that whole first part of, if you go back a few verses through Ephesians 4, it's, it's talking about our old self and the, and the flesh and needing to renew our minds and all. And it's just, it's pointing back to that fleshliness uh, in us and how that sin is rooted in there and how continuing to give into that is giving an opportunity to the devil and giving him a foothold in our lives. Yeah. And as you said, you know, with, with it being a, a gateway, you know, it does, it, it leads to evil. It leads to other sin. Yeah. You know, it opens us up, uh, kind of makes us vulnerable. I yeah, guess. for sure. Yeah. Psalm 37, eight says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Yeah. I mean, it's, when you look at that, it, uh, when it says it tends only to evil, you think with sinful anger, there is no positive. Yeah. <laughs> only to evil. Only not like sometimes, not like my, like, it tends only to evil. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't produce righteousness like in James. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And that was a good one for me. I memorized the first half of this twenty James one 20 for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And even like when I was still in the process of like memorizing it, I didn't have it all, you know, word for word knocked down. I would just be like, James, James one, James one twenty. you know, and just, just say that to myself whenever I, I felt anger coming up. And so it's good to, you know, hide scripture. Yeah. I mean, your word, if I hid my heart that I might not sin against it. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a prime example. I mean, it's interesting, right? You don't even have to, you weren't even quoting the actual words to yourself. Just referencing the, the verse was enough to remind you. Yeah, because I, I knew the gist of it, and I was still working on memorizing it. Yeah. But I, I had the need to deal with my anger, like, now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a smart man, so memorizing it took me some time. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because it's... Uh, it's the verse right before that. It's been the one that I've been working on, right? Is, you know, being slow to speak and slow to anger. You know, I think, you know, we both talked about, we've kind of gotten to a place of like shoving stuff down inside of us, right? And just packing the anger down until one day it comes out. But I will say the slow to speak part, I'm probably not great at. <laughs> I, you know, it, it might not be full on anger, but there there may be those, those slips of like cynicism, you know, that sarcastic kind of biting comment, you know, that kind of comes out and it's, it's almost like drip, drip before the full anger would come rushing out. Right. (laughs) It's led by all these little snarky comments. 
Yeah, learning to be slow to speak. Because, yes, it does not produce righteousness. I mean, if it's leading us to more sin, then obviously it's not leading us to walk in righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And so going back, we talked a little bit this weekend, actually. You and I talked a little bit about the the one in Ephesians 4 where it says to be angry and sin not. So, So we're sitting here and we're talking about how anger leads to sin. But, like, we just quoted this verse that says... Be angry and sin not. Like that that's an option. That's a possibility. <laughs> We're reading all this stuff about yeah. anger leading to sin. So how what does this look like? This be angry and sin not. Well, we see we see righteous indignation whenever Jesus turned over the tables in Matthew twenty one. And then Jesus' anger at the Pharisees' hard hearts in Mark three. But his anger was his anger was at their sin, their wickedness, their you know, their hatred for God, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that really, I think that's the distinction. It's an anger towards sin, you know, and so that's the difference. You know, there is an anger that leads to sin, and then there is an anger towards sin, you know, mm-hmm. and then a hatred of sin. You know, and I think this is the thing we have to, to look at. I mean, I think there are people who maybe try to use this verse to justify their anger, right? Like, well, you were acting such and such way, so I'm angry at you. But it's really righteous indignation because I'm angry at the sin in you. <laughs> and that's my justification yeah. for being angry. Yeah. You know, but, you know, when we look at the totality of Scripture, then we would be questioning, you know, well, what are you doing to make, make things right there? Where, where's the, the presentation of forgiveness? You know, are you leaving your gift at the altar and going and making things right with your brother or sister? And if they've sinned, are you taking, you know, a witness and calling them to repentance? Like, you know, are you just sitting over here being angry? Cause yeah. Yeah. And I mean, do you see the, the speck in their eye and ignore the log <laughs> right, in your own? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, there's some hypocrisy there as well. So a lot of times, you know, it's, it, you can kind of look at the fruit around that and determine whether someone's anger is uh, righteous or not. And plus it's, are you really angry at the sin? Are you, are you just mad at the person? Like really like, come yeah. on. like you mad, bro? Like, what <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah. I mean, you can be angry at your brother's sin and still love your brother. Yeah. Yeah. You can't slip into like hating, you know, hating somebody. No, because I mean, Scripture's pretty clear, right, about, you know, if we say that we hate our brother, the love of God's not in us, and we don't know God. Yeah. So it can't be that. I mean, I think, what you know, I think if we flesh out what that looks like, like if I'm angry at your sin, like if you're sinning and I'm angry at the sin, but I love you, then I'm going to be doing everything I can to bring reconciliation between you and Christ and me and you. Like, I'm going to be fighting for you because I love you. I'm going to be angry at the sin. Everything possible in me is going to be trying to show you love right the love of christ yeah absolutely so well so like so let's say i'm angry at you right like what are how do you respond to that man how do you respond when someone else is is like kind of lashing out and displaying irritability or sinful anger well the bible tells us to respond in gentleness not always Uh, easy no it's not but a soft answer proverbs 15 a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger so respond with gentleness and you turn away wrath, which as we saw, anger, wrath, malice, and a harsh word is just going to stir the pot. It's going to stir up that anger and make it worse. So putting on like the fruits of the spirit and practicing that, coming to your brother gently and yeah. You brought up the anger, wrath, malice that we read earlier and it really is like this. This is kind of saying... You know, the, the kind word, the soft answer is going to kind of help 
turn that rat, you know, turn that anger away. But when you answer harshly, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire, right? Yeah, no doubt. You know, and then you can see that progression from anger to wrath to malice, like malice being like a murderous heart and just pouring, like keep pouring gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen that in my own life. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried that out. I've definitely experienced it on both sides in the construction world of building power lines. And I've seen it. Me and this guy at work, we we just disagreed with each other and it came to a head and I did not respond with a soft answer. And he responded with an even harsher answer. And then I responded with a harsh answer. And then he was wanting to fight me. <laughs> oh man. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. So that's, that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is just taking a deep breath, responding in gentleness, giving that person the benefit of the doubt. And it it does. It's like, man, okay, there's no, there's nothing to fight here. Like I'm just fighting myself. So the anger, I've actually seen it dissipate off of somebody's face. It just you you can't anger feeds anger, and it wants more anger, and it just wants to boil up and fester over. Yeah, same. I've seen it where I've you know I said I'm not always slow to speak, right? <laughs> and so there have been those times, right, where I've just quick back right back right back and it just engulfed like it the fight just like blew up just like complete chaos as far as you know people just starting to say the meanest thing they can think of like i'm just gonna do everything i can to tear you down and and then i've seen the times where it was just peace and and just speaking that kind gentle word and just saying like i'm not i'm not gonna engage in this and just how quickly it dissipates because it kind of it does. It takes two to fight, and if you if you're not willing to fight, it you know it really helps to to just squash it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it takes patience to do that for sure. A hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. And then another one, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So yes. this this speaks to like stirring up. Just like in Proverbs 15, stirring up anger. And then we have right here, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife. And it's uh, slow to anger in Proverbs 14, 29. So it all, it's, it's all compounding <laughs> yeah. on what we are to do and not to do. Yeah, and that Proverbs 15 where it talks about uh, he is slow to anger, quiets contention. The King James in the slow to anger part actually uses the word patient. So it says, but he who is patient quiet's contention and so it just goes back to speaking uh, to that fruit of the spirit of having that patience with someone and you know there is this you keep seeing this this word slow right slow to speak slow to anger soft answer like there is a there is a wisdom in not being hasty in your reaction right like taking a moment and responding instead of reacting you know and i think all of this you know when we really look at the fruit of the spirit it really stems from love right like it it stems from us doing what God has commanded us to do. You know, we're told to love our neighbor as ourself. And so I think when we have that heart of love for our neighbor and we can remember that, we can abide, walk in the spirit, and we're moving towards being developed in the character of God and in the fruit of the spirit, and we are, you know, mindful of our love for others, it becomes a lot easier to show gentleness and patience to them. You know, and, and we are commanded to to walk in that love. Yeah. First Corinthians 13 says, 
Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. There's that soft word. (laughs) Irritable. (laughs) It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It's interesting because right there in the middle of that, right, is not irritable, which, which you know, as, as you said, your friend's advice, we, it is not sinfully angry. That's right. <laughs> but also says it's not resentful. So, I mean, that's even pointing towards not just not being reactive in our anger, but also not holding on to it, right? Like not kind of like harboring that grudge. Like maybe I don't react in anger, but maybe I just secretly stew and I'm angry at you. Yeah. You know, and I just let it fester. Yeah. Or... You know, you secretly stew, like you're saying, and, you know, when you're face-to-face with that person, hey, man, old buddy-buddy, and then behind their back, just smack talk about them, uh, just run, drag their name through the mud, that resentfulness, that bitterness. Hebrews twelve fifteen, I think, says, let no root of bitterness spring up, and by it many become defiled. And I've, I mean, I've experienced that in my life where I, like I said, I stew on it, I sit on it, and I just get bitter and resentful. Yeah. And it, it does. It, it's bad. And that's kind of what you were talking about earlier, too. You're, like, focused inwardly, right? Like, your thoughts and everything, you're just, like, ruminating. It's just, like, over and over in your mind, right? Yeah. And you're just, like, it's like the anger just builds, right? That yeah. resentment, that bitterness, it just builds and builds. That's right. And it's yeah. because I don't have love. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. There's there's no love and resentment. And it's like when we think about like dealing with anger, I mean, is this really just, does this mean that really we just have to kind of be this way with fellow Christians? Or is this a principle that, that we should even apply to the world? Because, I mean, you, you think about it, like, there's a lot of people who kind of come at Christians, right? There's a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of stuff that's said, especially on social media. Is this is this a way that we respond just to just to people within our I guess our camp you would say? Pretty sure it's everybody. It says love your enemies, man, and pray for your enemies. That makes this a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, in James where it's talking about you know showing partiality for the you know the rich man who walks in with fine clothing and rings, and you say have a seat here in this nice seat, and the poor guy comes in you know in rags, and you say stand up in the back or you have a seat at my feet, you know, showing partiality, you know, you, we're, we're to love everybody, not just the people we like. Yeah. I mean, you referenced like Matthew five forty four. we're called to love our enemies. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's pretty heavy. That's a pretty big, pretty big call. Yeah. And the best way, the best way to love your enemy is to pray for your enemy because you can't, it's, you can try to be angry and pray for your enemy, but it's super hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not oh, going to last definitely. long. Most definitely. Uh, pray, yeah, praying for somebody and being angry for them at the same time just don't. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. So Romans twelve eighteen says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Yeah. When we think about that, like loving our enemies, like this is telling us live peaceably with all. It doesn't say live peaceably with all Christians. Doesn't say live peaceably with all Christians who agree with you 100% on all doctrine and <laughs> theology. And it says, as, as long as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we are called, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. That's part of the Beatitudes, right? We are called to, to bring peace 
to situations. And I think that, you know, we look at that when we talk about that heart of gentleness and that heart of patience and, and walking uh, in love. Outside of love, I think love is a huge response to those who are angry with us. But, but I mean, really, what is a response that we need to have? Well, the biggest and most important one is forgiveness. Um, forgiving your enemies. Forgiving, forgiving all, like it says in Romans. Yeah. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Ooh. Yeah, kind of hits home. Yeah, well, and it's in the Lord's Prayer too, right? Forgive us our trespasses as those as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, right? Yeah. So I mean, man, I mean, what if God forgave us in the same measure where we by we forgave others? Then none none are worthy to stand Ooh. before Him. <laughs> man, I mean, that's heavy, right? I mean, we are called to forgive as God in Christ forgave you, and I think sometimes we lack patience. And we lack that gentleness with others because we forget just how great a debt we've been forgiven. We need to dwell on that every single morning. <laughs> yes. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves and dwell on that every morning. Yeah. I mean, I think the, you, yes, be thankful for the salvation that Christ sure. has given, the grace and the mercy. You know, I mean, I, I pray often, God, help me to show the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that you've shown me. Yeah, no doubt. You know, because I didn't deserve it. No. There's there's so much more to come, too. Like, past, present, future. All I know is past and present sins forgiven. God's forgiven my future sins, too. Yeah. And uh, he's forgiven me for a lot. I was wickedly dead in my trespasses. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he forgave me. I don't. I didn't deserve it. God forgave me. And so who are we to withhold forgiveness exactly. to another, you know? We don't even have to extend the forgiveness to the level of what God did because we can't. Only God can do that. Right. So let's let's go back to ourselves, right? So this we talked about how we respond to anger in others that may be directed towards us, but how do we respond to anger that is within ourselves? I mean, we both said that we've admittedly struggled with this, you know, so what do we do about that? How do we deal with it? Well, we gotta we have to die to ourselves. We have to put on put off the old and put on the new. Put on the new man, Galatians five twenty four. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then first Peter two twenty four. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And then Paul says, I die daily. This is a daily. A, Daily practice. Every day. Yeah. Or as Vody Bakum would say, every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we have to. I mean, we looked at the verses earlier, right, where the root of sin stemming from our flesh and the worldly passions and desires. And, and here we are. We're, we're called to put that to death, to crucify the flesh. You know, and yeah, that is. That's a good first response. And, and again, you, you know, you talked about getting up every morning and remembering the grace that God's bestowed upon us. And as we crucify the flesh, it's a good reminder, right? We're sitting here going, God, you have saved me from so much, you know, in my own wickedness and sin. And, oh, yeah, it's a good reminder. Let me go ahead and crucify that and die to myself, <laughs> yeah, right? No die to my selfish, wicked man, that fleshly, the fleshly desires that are there. You know, sin crouches at the door and, uh, you know, we're dying to our flesh. So, I mean, we can also, you know, work to renew our minds. You know, we, we talked earlier about, 
you know, your word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against you. And, you know, constantly renewing our minds with, with the word, with prayer. In Romans 1, 1 through 2, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we will be tested, you know, and so we are to not be conformed to this world. You know, I think if we look at the ways of the world right now, we would say anger is normal. <laughs> anger is a very accepted and normal reaction. Yeah. You know, and we are to, we are called to crucify our flesh and to not be conformed to the ways of the world. We're to be transformed and we do have to renew our mind. We have to change the way we think. You know, you I think in the beginning of the podcast you had brought up about thinking on those things that are true and just and yeah, Philippians, yeah, Philippians 4, eight, 4 eight. Yeah, and so that's part of renewing our mind. And you kind of hit on this, uh, you know, we have one more, you know, response to anger within ourselves, and you had kind of kind of hit on this earlier, you know, that we, we can pray. Yeah, yeah, we can pray. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matthew five forty four. but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love them, pray for them. And Romans 12 is rejoice. 12.12 is rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Constant. Yeah. Yeah. I think Paul even wrote to the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. You know, when we look at it, this constant attitude of prayer, you know, that we are to, to be in a constant state and attitude of prayer. When you look at those two, Matthew 5.44 is really, you know, about praying for others. And Romans 12, you know, we're looking at being constant in prayer within ourselves. I think both of those, one of the the, the key is that it takes our focus off of ourselves. You know, we talked earlier about our, our focus becoming inward and we're so focused on ourselves. But in Matthew 5, 44, we're, we're focused on our enemy. We're praying for them. So we're not, we're not looking at ourselves. We're looking at them and we're praying for them. And then, you know, in being constant in prayer and rejoicing in hope, we know that Christ is our hope. So we're, our prayers are to him. We're looking to him. And so now our eyes are focused on, on God on the, the advocate, the the one the intercessor who is there before the throne of God, you know, and we are praying to him and so our eyes are on him, they're not on ourselves. Yeah. You know, and just it's it's a lot like you said earlier, it's a it's it's difficult to be angry for at someone you're praying for. Yeah, for sure. So and it's it's hard to be angry when you're praying and worshiping God. Yeah. That's right. I feel like it, I feel like at some point one of them's gotta give, right? You either stop being angry or you gotta stop Praying and yeah, worshiping stop, God. Stop praying. Yeah, one yeah. or the other. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I heard this uh, acronym for prayer. It was uh, tacos. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, I've heard a lot of acronyms. I've grown up in church. I have never heard tacos. All right, I, I think I would remember that one. Yeah, you'd remember this one. I would. Yeah, I'll. I'll this remember one, tacos. This one's good. Yeah. So it's Thanksgiving, admiration, confession, others, and self. The S is. The fifth one, it's at the very end. So thankfulness, thanking God just for everything, <laughs> admiring God, how great he is, confessing, like in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us, you know, forgive me, Lord, praying for others. And then the very last thing you do is pray for yourself. And by the time you get through taco and you get to the is part, you're like, yeah, Lord, just help me be a better Christian. <laughs> you don't really have much to say. <laughs> It's good. I mean, it's great because you you end prayer both not focused as much on yourself, and then at the end you want tacos. Exactly. 
It's a win-win. It's a win-win. <laughs> it is interesting because I remember a while back when Pastor Pat challenged us to go an entire week and in our prayer not ask for one thing for ourselves. Oh, yeah. You remember that? remember that? That I was a tough week, man. I was there for that. Yeah. I was like, okay, big challenge. Yeah. yeah, but it was really cool because it really did take our eyes off of uh, off of ourselves and put it onto others and their needs. And yeah, in those instances, it, it's a, a lot harder to be angry and harbor resentment when you start thinking of all these people you can pray for. This is true. That even means our government, right? Like we said, we're going to record on politics next week. But even with our government, we are called to pray yeah. for those who are in authority over us, not to be angry. Like, there's no justification in being angry at government officials because they disagree with us politically. We are still called to pray for them and to love them and to to display all of the things we just talked about. Yeah, this is true. And we're going to hit on that more next week as we talk about the religion of politics. That's right. So make sure that you, you know, really think through this and process through the anger and the study that we just did to help you through next week's episode as we discuss politics. That's right. Eat some tacos. And eat some tacos. Tune in next week. That'll definitely help you. (laughs) All right, man. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in every Monday as I have a special guest in the studio to talk with me about what it is to love God and love our neighbors in both deed and in truth. And check us out every Friday for a new episode of Freestyle Friday. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review and go ahead and share the podcast with your friends. You can also check us out online at deedandtruthpodcast.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter at deed underscore truth and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube by searching the Deed and Truth podcast. All right, until next time.